Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. We're going to be talking joint ventures today. And we're joined by uh, two of the executives from Crowd Property, uh, Mike Bristow and the brains of the operation, Andrew Hall. Uh, great to have you both on. Uh, we might start with you, Andrew. Um, quick introduction. Yeah, good afternoon. Andrew Hall is my name. I'm a charter surveyor and I've been in the industry since 1985. Um, and I have a, uh, a, a background predominantly in development, um, initially in the commercial world where I built warehouses, offices and brought land through the planning process. Um, and then more recently, I'll say more recently in the last 10 years, um, a residential um, development background where I've built houses, I've refurbished houses, I've created a little bit of a portfolio for myself in the HMO industry. Um, and then coming on full time at Crowd Property in 2018, after we'd um, we'd spent the first two to three years just building the platform and learning um, how to lend money in the residential property project industry. And, and that sounds like an absolutely fantastic background for uh, being involved in development finance, like your uh your foundational uh training particularly if you focused on development early on and, and surveying the methodologies that, that are applied um are applicable right through um building and, and and indeed development and then to go on and be a developer yourself is probably um off that foundation um i i think is a it's a great background to have on, on the team and um Mike, Mike Bristow, uh, quick introduction for those of you uh, not familiar with Mike, and, and you, can, uh, you can check out both Andrew and Mike at crowdproperty.com. Uh, they're a, a, a UK and Australian-based um, development lender uh, or, or development finance house. And, um, and we might at some point end up at your native uh, country as well. So, uh, um, but um, uh, so... Uh, yeah, hi, Will. Great to be back here. Mike Bristow, CEO and co-founder of Crowd Property. Uh, we set up Crowd Property to uh, build a brilliant lender for uh, small and medium-sized property developers, having experienced the pains ourselves and set up uh, the, the best lender in the market. And, and I think Andrew's background and, and, and all of our passion for property and experience in property 
really sort of highlights that we are property financed by property people and that's that's our difference that's our edge um, and we've now funded about 400 million pounds worth of uh, property projects in the uk okay and so we're coming to a a, a topic uh, which is dear to my heart joint ventures um what are they and and how does it relate to uh development finance um, now, in terms of the at the very highest level, like a joint venture can uh, be many things, um, but in, in essence, it's a, a strategic partnership where uh, the, the two parties put together are able to do things uh, either a little bit faster, a little bit safer, a little bit better, maybe a little bit quicker. Um, and, and the ability to um, match up the right people in, uh, in an appropriate structure uh, can you know, add great acceleration uh, to any venture uh, that you're involved with. But um, maybe, maybe we'll start with, with you, Mike, around um, just at a very high level. Um, What's your, I suppose, basic definition of a, a joint venture? You're coming from a, uh, a venture capitalist background, and um, both in uh, so not not just in the property context, but um, property technology as well. Yeah, I, th I think um, I th in property, it's 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 amazing because there's so many types of joint ventures, right, between so many different parties, and 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 we'll we'll bring that out a bit in case studies. But fundamentally, it's bringing. Uh, two or more parties together in on a risk sharing approach to bring their skills, capabilities, resources, et cetera, together to achieve a better outcome um, from a project and, and, and all parties being, uh, being strongly aligned and strongly incentivized to deliver that project. And, and not only that, but also uh, necessary legal tie-ups and things like that and and you know there are many many learnings from lots of joint ventures that say look you know everyone in whatever walk of life or whatever they're doing they come together with good intentions right okay that's where joint ventures start right but what you've actually got to do and, and we'll talk a bit more about it is 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 make sure that even with those good intentions, okay, there is a structure, a framework, a clarity of responsibilities, a clarity of all of the factors that go into it, and the what ifs. What if stuff goes wrong, right? Um, and you know, and that that's really the fundamentals. But 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 tied up really well in agreements, they can be so powerful. Okay, this is greater than the sum of the parts, and that's the fundamental. By by working together, you can deliver more. Right, and, and and that's where uh, it's it's rational that joint ventures exist. And I think it's a, a great illustration that I I experienced quite early on in my uh, I, I suppose career where um, I, I came into a situation where I would run out of money to uh, expand. So I partnered with someone who did have some money, and then uh, we we had a limitation where the social housing uh, space that we were going into, the, the senior debt lenders uh, on mortgage finance uh, re required that we had benefit tenant experience. Neither of us had that. So we had to find another person. Um, we started getting into, um, I, I, I suppose, some uh, more heavy scale refurbishment 
um, you know, of multiple blocks and things like that. And um, not surprisingly, uh, lenders were scratching their head and saying, you need, you know, someone with uh, a bit more development experience and, um, you know, from a building background. So we, we had to uh, partner in uh, with, with that. And that, that uh, each of those steps allowed us to keep uh, expanding. And I, um, I, I'm a, a huge believer in, um, you know, that, that bringing the right people in uh, in the right way and uh, it has to work for both both parties of course now andrew um, i believe you've you've got um uh, a case study to kick off the discussion about how a um a development project can be funded um for in a a joint venture context yeah so joint ventures um mike has already stated is bringing two parties to the table who might have um, complementary skills to deliver what they want to get out of the particular project. Um, and these could be any, this could be the, the developer that has the, um, um, has, has, has worked out an actual um, uh, requirement for a particular building or a particular plot of land, bringing his skill set and his vision to the table. Um, and a landowner who might well have uh, the ownership of the property or the land, uh, but doesn't necessarily have either the skills or the um, spare cash to get through the um, machinations of, uh, of, of, of getting a planning consent, um, bringing the team together um, and actually knowing how to deliver such a project. Okay, so Joint venture works really well here um, because the landowner can sit back and watch the thing evolve. The developer comes in and delivers it. Um, and at the end, they will share in the outturn profit. Now, at the beginning of such a relationship, the landowner and the developer will need to uh, get together and establish what they're actually bringing to the party, two, how much, how much they're bringing to the party in terms of financial contribution, and three, how the structure of the joint venture partnership will actually be formed. Normally, um, we look at um, something called an SPV, uh, whereby the two parties come together as shareholders and directors. Um, the, um, they, they will agree the shareholdings Within the, within the SPV, maybe 50-50. Um, and the landowner who brings the, the land or the property to the party will transfer that property into the SPV um, and create it and, and, and class it as a director's loan into the company. So we've had a number of cases where that has happened. Um, and sometimes the landowner takes a little bit out. So we'll come in and uh, out of the, SP, into the SPV, we will uh, provide a bit of debt, which gives them then the positive cash flow to allow them to um, get on and build, start to build out. And then we'll come in a little bit later and provide them with more development funding. Um, or 
if the landowner wants a little bit out now, say he wants 25% of the land value out now, uh, we will effectively say, okay, we can provide you for argument's sake, new company, we can provide you 50% of the, um, of, of the value of that land as debt. You can pay your landowner out of that 25%. The other 25% is in there as cash reserves to allow you to crack on. And then we can come back later on and provide you with, um, with the development funding to allow you then to build out. And then at the end, you built out, you start selling the properties or refinancing. And you, what happens then is you, you end up paying us back first as the first charge holder of the, of the development. Um, and when you cleared us out, you then selling your final units and that is effectively pay back the landowner what he's owed in terms of the, the the director's loan and then the profit is shared per the agreement with the shareholdings and along the way the you know the landowner might say well by the way i want a coupon for the the land that i've put into the joint to the spv at a, an amount per annum equivalent and the developer might turn around and say well i want a uh, a, a monthly uh, project management fee of X percent, maybe two, three percent. Oh, and by the way, we can factor that into the building contract uh, as my management fee. And when the uh, when the uh, the lender's monitoring surveyor arrives on site and he he declares that uh, fifty grand's worth of costs have gone in gone into the project, uh, in those numbers will include a, a two, three percent project management fee to me um, that may that project management fee may be taken out at the end before they divvy up um, on the um, uh, on the profit share but we those are those are very easy uh, well documented legally secure joint ventures of the purest sense which are work really well predominantly because the developer has brought the skill set to the table but has not got the funding the landowner has brought his property to the table he's protected because he's got an equity share in the company he's protected because he's got a director's loan in the company and once the first charge security is being discharged he then has his next in line to get his director's loan out and then the profits are shared equally thereafter um, and in the meantime he's seen his property transformed into resident a residential flat scheme or or, or new house scheme so, I so the, uh, mike I, i've got to jump in um you just need to write down everything that andrew just said and hand it uh, out to your sales team or, or put it on on your website it's so simple it sounds brilliant uh, it sounds easy it's clear uh what why someone would do it how it works uh, but we all know that there's a bit more to it. Where, where, where does it um, where, where does it tend to not get off the yeah, ground? It often often it tends to be, get a little bit uh, squeaky when the two parties aren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. So the landowner might turn around and say, "Yeah, I want to be a joint venture of this, but you've got to buy me out first, and then I'll come in for a top up later." Well, what's the point? Um, the second point is that some landowners will overinflate 
the value of their site um, to the point where the developers sort of saying, well, the numbers don't work, so we can't do it. The third point is that the, um, uh, I don't know, the build costs come in more than they previously thought they were going to be, which is quite common. And whilst we build contingencies into our appraisals and we build contingencies into our facility, uh, if they run out of money, then of course it's all the developer's fault, not the landowner's fault. But actually, I'm sorry, guys, you're in a joint venture. It's it's 50-50. You're both making the decisions. And, and the, the, the other factor is um, there's all sorts of things are going on in people's uh, personal situations and their business uh, situations. Yeah. And that, those change over time. The, the longer the period of time, the more likely that there's uh, that one or both of the parties are in a, a different position than yeah. when the deal was proposed. Yeah, we've we've seen that. Yeah. We have seen that. And we have had, I have now and again, I have complicated conversations where he's, the, 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 his circumstances or her circumstances have changed and I've got to try and bring them back on in line and try and get them to focus on completing the project because it's, it's costing them money, the loan length is running down, and we need to be sure that we can, you know, get to the winning post together. Uh, it's not just them who've got to get to the winning post, but all the stakeholders, all the, you know, they might have some sales lined up, they might have, they might have us, that they've got to, are obligated to paying us back by a certain time, um, and they, they, they lose focus of all that. And if that does happen, quite often we have um, we've turned to their joint venture partner, and, and and literally we've had those tricky conversations. Is everything all right? You know, and I sense that things are not. You know, I sense there's a bit of friction or whatever it might be. And actually, the the, the person who's sort of trying to get to the winning line suddenly realizes we're not we're not just the money men. We're actually there trying to work a, a way through the, 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 this issue so that, you know, we all come out the other end saying, actually, this is quite a good deal. Um, in fact, I've got one at the moment where the, uh, the guys set a, a completion date for uh, next week, um, which we didn't know about until the middle of January. Um, and we've... I have had two conversations with the landowner and said, please, could you extend the completion date by a month? Because we are not up to speed with this. We will lend on this. Um, but there's a couple of things outside of our control, predominantly to do with planning, which requires us uh, some, some, requires the, the, the purchaser to undertake some more um, due diligence on reports, submission to the local authority, and we need another month to get that through. By the way, we can't lend until those, until those two or three, three things have been resolved. Once they're resolved, we will lend. We need another month. And actually, I think they, yesterday they agreed. They agreed to an additional month. And that was, that was me ringing the, ringing the, you know, having the conversation, which actually wasn't any part of my remit. Mm. But it was really to keep the whole thing together. Yeah. Well, well done. So, so what um, I, I perceive that there's, um, there's enormous benefits from a well-structured joint venture. Now, 
why they don't happen uh, as often as perhaps they might or should uh, is that there's so many things going on. So the development process as a whole uh, is quite a complex uh, thing in itself. Business process, business structure, legal structures, finance, all of these are, are specialist areas that you can go and do, um, you, you can go and get professionally qualified after having a number of years at, uh, at university or, or some other form of education. Uh, and understanding all these, these moving parts um, and the likelihood of uh, someone actually having a clear picture of those. I, I think uh, that there's two kind of scenarios that I'd like to uh, talk about. And what, one is where people um, uh, don't understand how to put a joint venture together. And then the second, um, if they're, they're down with the idea, uh, how do you actually get it going? And um, I, I know, um, Mike, you, you'd like to uh, maybe, maybe chip in uh, a little bit at this point, particularly around, um, you know, uh, someone's got an idea. How do they? How do they get this off the ground? And can they give you guys a call? I know you've got a a great team. Who runs this bit of your business? I think. I think first of all, just as context, just to pick up on the first thing you say said here, is that you know these JVs make sense, right? But because of a lot of complexity, actually not that many happen, right? Um, but we think that um, we've seen more of them over time. And we think that 2022, we'll see a lot more. Why? Because um, material cost inflation has impacted residual values of sites, okay, of what uh, a value or value for that. Vendors don't think they're worth that little. The size is worth that little, and the the borrower, uh, sorry, the, the 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 developer won't buy it for much more because it doesn't stack. You know, so it's like, guys, if you want to get this site done, you're just going to have to crack on and share the profit if you both want to take enough out of it, right? Um, so, so I think that's a massive driving trend for for, for joint ventures um, uh, happening um, uh, in 2022, and it probably will continue 23, etc. Right. And, don't, and don't forget, you've got the initially the 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 owner of that property will have gone to his local agent, state agent, and said, "I want to sell this." The state agent would have said it's worth X. Three months later, he's rung him back and said, "I think we need to chip the, we need to reduce the price to whatever 20, 30 grand or whatever." Um, and in the meantime, he's got somebody in his ear saying, "I could do that for you at that level on a joint venture." The agent doesn't understand what mm. the joint venture is and say, and actually we'll look at it and go, well, where do I get my fee? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas the developer is there to discuss and influence and, and convince the property owner that actually if he wants his, if he wants the amount he wants, then joint venture is the best way forward. Then we get into the point, well, actually, the thing is, chap, it's going to take you a bit longer to realise that amount of money. Mm. We can pay you half now and the other half later. And the guy will look at it and go, well, I can't afford one new car or, or that's two years down the line and maybe I should have a bit more. And then it's into the, well, 
you know, we can up your stake on the in the shareholding. We can do a pure joint venture, and those so those conversations might take weeks to evolve because you've got to like the, each other, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got to be on the same. You've got to work it to the same on the same page. If you go in there day one, say I'll do a joint venture, do it like da 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 da, he'll go. He won't understand. He don't understand what you're talking about, um, and he'll be so confused. But that's why you've almost got to have sort of right. We'll do that bit today. Okay, great, fine. And then it'll go back two days later. And by the way, just to add a little bit more context to this piece, mm-hmm. we'll do it like that. You know, this is what I'm proposing. And then eventually you get to a point of almost a, a heads of terms or a, a, a collaborative agreement going, right, these are the points that we're doing. These are the points that are ticked off. This is what, these are your obligations in the joint venture partnership. I don't know, he owns the property, he's putting in the joint venture partnership, uh, security, maybe he'll get involved in the banking, day-to-day banking, maybe he'll do one or two other little bits whilst the developer's away, getting the architect, getting planning consent, getting getting the procurement for the building works done. And then it provided you split the chores up nicely, and there's a defining line between what each of you do, and you, you'll, you'll cross over because you'll chat to each other about these things. But you can't have a dispute over the colour of the walls in the bloody house <laughs> at the end because it's that's it's just futile. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I think that points. I think that points really interesting because imagine if you were the vendor, right? You had some lands, right, and you, you'd already thought, right. At some point in the next quarter, I'm going to get my 500 grand for my my bit of land, right? And then, and then you're suddenly slapped around the face by a cheeky property developer saying, "How about a JV deal, right?" And 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 you'd be nowhere near thinking that through, right? That takes time to digest and understand and communicate and and discussions between parties and and all of this. And and what we actually find is is you know, a lot of the people that come to us with joint venture deals, they're doing the right thing because they come to us really early, right? And they say, right, I'm looking at this. It's a joint venture deal. You know, we can help with the tips and, and whatever and the, the legals and all of this, okay? But one of the things we can really help by saying is, look, developer, one of the things you're taking to that deal is the senior debt, right? So so if you, so we'll, uh, we'll, so pre-approve this this deal. You can go to the, uh, the the landowner and say, "Well, I've already got my debt funding, right?" It's exactly the same as as a as a vendor, right? It's you know, give the person speed and certainty, bring stuff to the table, right? Show that you can commit and crack on with this, right? And those are the things that help um, convince a joint venture partner that a joint venture is a good idea because I've already done this and I'm adding value to this partnership already, right? Um, so, so that sort of covers off your your other point as well. It's you know, generally it's like people should come to us early, but in these circumstances in particular, because we can sit, we can fill the gaps on the on the traps, right? The, the what ifs, what if stuff goes wrong, etc. Standard legal agreements and nuances on that particular deal or whatever. But most importantly, we can demonstrate to the uh, you, you know to that group that you you know stuff's progressing, stuff can actually happen. This is no longer theoretical. There's debt that can be put against it. Um, yeah. And the other thing is that a lot of people call it vendor finance, that type of joint venture arrangement. <laughs> so it is amounts to the same thing. The vendor is staying in um, and is providing funding, but actually it's not funding, it's, it's 
half or more of the or whatever of the actual value of the property that's being purchased mm. but that is a joint venture you mm. know because he won't get the rest of his money out till later and that ability to unlock that increased value uh, is what the developer and their expertise and networks and uh, access to uh, other capital uh, yeah. is exactly yeah. what what you know the combined uh, venture jointly is able to achieve which so so it comes out of the appraisal effectively there is no purchase so there is therefore no purchase hard money going out the door and stamp duty and costs yeah. and yeah, yeah, depending because, on the structure yeah yeah because the vendor has he hasn't gifted it but he's transferred it into mm. this new co with the director's loan sitting on the balance sheet mm -hmm. okay knowing that he'll get it later now if things go horribly wrong that's when it you know when the, the structure goes but you can have shareholders agreements okay and provided there they've got the ability for um buying out the other person or or, or i don't know having to take him to the court because he's inept or whatever you know that's all in there and there's something called a mexican standoff which is a great a great piece which is you know if you've had enough of him you make him an offer he's got 30 days to counter that offer and improve it the other way the yeah, other yeah, way yeah, yeah. so yeah. he's actually the guy that wins the mexican standoff mm. yeah? yeah or if he if he misses the timeline then the guy who made the original offer wins it and he can buy him out yeah. you know yeah. but there's all sorts of, of clauses that can go into these shareholders agreement and we do <laughs> insist on these shareholders agreements and not a, a, a handwritten thing on a A4 sheet of paper. This is a properly documented, put together piece by a set of decent lawyers. And that's not where, where, where was that Mexican standoff uh, uh, clause when we were playing as schoolboys and uh, someone took the ball away? <laughs> we used it. We used it to our detriment twenty odd years ago on a commercial piece of land in in uh, Yorkshire. We lost. But we, the relationship had broken down, so we decided that we should make the offer. Uh, and within 28 days, they'd come back with an improved offer. So, you know, we were, we were, we were happy. Yeah. You know, the relationship wasn't going any further. Anyway, we just cashed out. Um, but it, would, it was a great distribution site. But... I, think, I think that one of the fundamentals here is that, you, you know, yes, okay, maybe the, the, you know, the, the owner of the land does want to you know in an ideal world exit right but 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 they you know if they've got a bit of time and they're, they're they're interested in some of the the value adds that could be achieved from that site then they can come in on this deal but but you know if, if you think from their perspective what they've effectively got is they've got a very incentivized developer to crack on do a good project with a with a good profit margin and therefore in you know incentives are aligned and 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 that's really important what are the risks, uh, Andrew? I'd be remiss not to have uh, someone like you on here without um, asking a question like that. Okay, so the risks on that particular situation is probably some nasty contamination that's in the ground that hadn't been, hadn't been, you know, the landowner had hidden, basically. Yeah. Or, 
uh, they've got into the they've got into the um, legal process and they're doing the they're doing the searches and one thing or another and it finds out they don't own the access. Yeah, I think there's things like that. But that's okay. That's cost you a few a few uh, a few soft costs. It's when you get midway through the project and all of a sudden the partnership has just mm -hmm. gone. It's just and that's problematic for all the consultants, obviously the contractor builder that they've employed and us as lender because we're trying to keep them together and get them to the to the end and of course normally there's one member member of the team that or one member of the partnership that wants to carry on and there's the other one that's just blocking blocking his way at every every corner yeah mm -hmm. so partnerships do uh, tend to break Do you want the, the the money now or do you want to keep going for, for more money later? And I, I think you know you uh, can, and people you have can different different viewpoints uh, yeah. on that at any given time on you know same set of figures, same set of uh, information and uh, some people will have a, a trading mentality that they'll look they'll look for the money now and um, and there's a Reduction of risk when you've got the money uh, out, um, yeah. but then you know you're foregoing the possibility of the increased uplift, which may or may not uh, be actualised. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that 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 is that's an excellent way of, um, of, of of for a developer with little money to actually get into a project. Um, and if they can negotiate those sort of things, they've done really well um, because they've had no money down effectively day one. Um, all they brought to the table is their expert expertise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but that, and, and in its purest form, that is the best form of joint venture because the landowner is bringing, a pro bringing their property and the developer is bringing his skill set. You might, however, have other joint ventures where you've effectively got. The, the purchaser, no money, so he brings an investor in, okay? So they might have to form a joint venture or and or a contractor who can deliver the project. But again, they're all on slightly different pages and you and the, as the developer, sort of slightly caught in the middle because you've got the idea and you're moving it forward, but you've got an investor breathing down your neck saying, can you hurry up because I want my money back? And you've got a contractor on site that keeps turning around and saying, oh, I didn't realize this was going to happen. And that's not in the uh, cost sum analysis. So it's going to cost you an extra few quid. And he's on a different page because he's basically getting his money out from the construction side of it. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't really care too much about the overage profit because he's already taken it out. Um, and you get a situation where the tail's wagging the dog. Okay. Those are, you know, I mean, you know, they don't get me wrong, they work really well. We've got a fabulous uh, developer, contractor, relationship, client over in East Anglia. And uh, the contractor brings the knowledge. He's, he's got more gray hair than I have. Um, he's been in the industry 40 plus years. You've got the young, hungry developer. They've come together. Um, the contractors building company delivers the projects and they get on the two of them get on famously and of course we love it because they've, they've, they've we've, we're on our second project now 
back the third project's about to start and they've delivered back on time you know in cost and you think i wish everybody was like that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, I think, I th it, I think I, it comes from maturity because the, 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 he's in his 70s, the contractor, and he sits back because it's his team doing all the day-to-day -day stuff. And he sits back and he takes it all in and he, he work arounds and he's got, you know, all his subcontractors have worked for him for 30-odd years and they all get paid on a Friday, every Friday, without fail. And, the, you know, it's the loyalty factor. He knows where to go to get the materials. He can beat the... The, the, the trade people down on the materials because he's been a customer of theirs for 30 years. And so that, you know, that's where it really works. Fantastic. Now, Mike um, Bristow, you're, you're, uh, you've been strangely quiet in this, uh, this episode. Um, I, I'd like you to um, just, just come out and, and say it, like you've got a pile of money available uh, that you'd like to get out the, the door to uh, backable development projects. You, you've got a, um, uh, a fantastic group of people and, and, and strong process, uh, making sure it's going out into the right projects in, in a safe fashion. You seem to be collecting most of it back again at a good clip. Um, how do these joint ventures work and how, how could someone get uh, uh, tap into this as a, a funding method uh, from crowd property or, or indeed a you know, alternative uh, source. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, first and foremost, it's always interesting hearing Andrew talk because it's uh, very, very knowledgeable. So I'm, I'm very happy to sort of uh, occasionally sit back and listen. Um, and uh, I, I think, um, uh, you, you know, with the, the, the team here, we've got 55 people in the business now um, and, and here built a team around, of, of uh, property experts and passionate property people, right? Um, and and I think the I think where we're different is is we're adding the value that you know comes out in spades from from the way Andrew talks as well. And because joint ventures, you know, conceptually it makes sense, right? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? But it's not easy. It's not straightforward. You need a value adding partner and, and funding partner. Um, and and that's where sort of our steer and, and and our team can really help those those deals a get formed and b you know come to a successful outcome right um, and you know that's what we're interested in here that this is not this is not an exercise in 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 at all costs protecting on uh, the money we're lending and the institutional capital we're lending okay this is a, actually about um, uh, enhancing the, the probability of success of a project, right? And that's great for us, okay? And it's great for the developer. And, and that value add means that they can do more projects, uh, achieve greater success and, and grow their property businesses quicker. And so, you know, it's, it's a case of, as always, you can get in touch by phone, but the probably easiest is crowdproperty.com slash apply, where we've got a five minute application form, uh, where straight after that, someone will, will do that crazy thing of giving you a call as a human being that is interested in the vision of that project um, and understanding what, what you're trying to do and, and, and the outcome you're trying to achieve. And, and, and we'll build the product around that and, and, and the value-add advice around it as well. 
Right. And, and there's a clear map to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow uh, with a successful project. Um, I think that's one of the things that um, I, I've noticed that you guys need to do a little bit better is, uh, is start sharing some of those roadmaps that you've, you've got on your business. I've seen, seen some uh, very good pieces um, of, of content that are, are useful, but you need to get them out there into the, the hands of uh, people early enough uh, that, that they can recognize or they can figure out for themselves whether it fits uh, their situation. Yeah. And, um, and as you said, they can, they can get in touch via the website. And, 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 and actually, that's interesting because, because it, you know, the outreach is so important, right? Um, and, and, and if you, I mean, if you look at our uh, website, we've got something like 13 or 14 different products specific for specific situations, because in actual fact, and this drives me insane, right? As, 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 a, as a wanting to put a bucket load of tech algorithms and, and, and huge efficiency, including, I mean, we're running machine learning models, all of these sort of different, different things, right? But actually at the end of the day, every project has a different vision, a different path to success. And is actually quite, you know, a, 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 a case by case uh, lending situation and relationship that that uh, that that's why that's why we have a team of experts, not just a team of uh, of, of AI uh, chatbots. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, there's an enormous knowledge in the business. The profile of some of the uh, the staff and the management is, uh, I think, first rate for. Uh, a business that uh, is now what uh, seven years since conception, give or take. Yeah, I think I, I think we 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 founded the business in end of 2013. We didn't start lending until pretty much the end of 2014, and 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 you know that was a year of con, you know devising the concept and and the detail, and and we spent a number of further years building out all the technology and the platforms and the uh and and, and the evidence and the proof etc um and you know we've got market leading technology underpinning us but also market leading expertise and you, you know it's it takes a long time to, to 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 build a business like this but once you've got all of that sort of cracked and and a team of 55 behind you then you know this is this is when we are starting to whir, and those those numbers are changing every day. And and and, and this twenty twenty two is going to be a big year, and there's there's plenty of prospects beyond that as well. That, that's fantastic. Well, uh, Andrew Hall, Mike Bristow, uh, joint ventures, Crowd Property. Check them out, crowdproperty.com. Uh, absolute pleasure having you on, Andrew. And it was good to see you, you as well, Mike. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Well, much appreciated. All right, I'm Will Mallard. This is My Property World Podcast. Um, check them out. Cheers. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading, or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining, and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to, and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. 
We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.